the opening line, the one bold line in the transmission, which is that the, the current civilization on earth will not be changed by education or debate, um, but by the revelation and demonstration of divine power. So I feel like that's a, an important entry point into the transmission, which is these whole trans, those whole series of transmissions are designed to kind of prepare the way for a group within humanity that want to orient towards the monad or towards the dark light um, and to be a, an agent of that within humanity. It's a little bit like some people are like lung cells and some people are nose cells, but this particular group, you know, that this is for is the invitation to, for them to align uh, with this energy of the monad or the energy of the black hole. So yeah, that, that brings in this quality of power. So am I pinned here? Cause all I'm seeing is Alicia. <laughs> I trust the process. Yeah, you're good. Okay. So the first part of the transmission is, um, is a whole, let me just change my view. So I'm looking at you all. Yeah. So the first part of the transmission is, um, a real invitation to, situate ourselves within the greater beings that we're a part of. Um, and he stresses like going and looking at those charts, you know, the charts of the galactic personality and the solar personality and the planetary personality and try to understand the correspondences between the heights and the depths. So if we start to understand the relationship between uh, you know above and below will start to have deep insights into our own nature because it's exactly the same thing that happens in a human being between your monad and your soul and your personality and your mind and your emotions and your sexuality and your body that same thing is happening within these great cosmic beings and so we can extrapolate from one to the other so the first point I was making was that really you know, a human being exists within this field of energy, which is a planet and within a solar system and within a galaxy. But there are all kinds of energies moving through those beings and that we can align ourselves with those energies. And depending what we align with depends upon the acceleration or not of our evolution. So, um, you know, it's a little bit like going to university, you know, you get out at the end and there's a whole lot of people trying to, to uh, enroll you in Google or Facebook or, you know, something else. Like what you choose to align yourself with has long lasting effects on, on um, your career and the same in Cosmos. So basically what he's outlining is that the relationship between the planetary logos or the being that ensouls the earth and the being that ensouls the solar system. So for those of you who are familiar with the initiations, on cosmic levels, it's said that Earth is in the process of trying to take the second cosmic initiation. And what that means is that the, the being that's Earth is trying to control his or her emotional body. Just as when we, we, and we are at that stage in our own evolution, you know, the being swept by desire, being swept by aspiration, you know, all of the, the work with the emotional body until we can get it to a point where we choose the feelings. So we choose whether to express feelings, we choose whether to sublimate them, we choose whether to uh, ride them. So that capacity to master your emotional body isn't by repression, it's by learning to work with that energy as a soul. And so the being of the planetary Logos, who is, who is um, who's said to be in cosmic circles, the divine rebel. And what that divine rebel means is your capacity to use your free will. So this is like the story of Prometheus. You know, you can steal fire from the heavens and you can use your free will to express that however you want. That's because every being in cosmos comes under this law of freedom and this transmission of free will. If you use your free will to um, shut yourself off from 
the, the rest of cosmos, then you get to focus your energy very powerfully in the physical plane, but you separate yourself off. So it said that the solar logos or the being that inhabits the, the heliosphere of the sun is taking the third cosmic initiation. So the solar logos has already mastered the emotional body and the mental body and is fusing the soul and the personality under alignment with the monad. So what that means on the, you know, on the physical plane symbology is the sun is in touch with the black hole, but earth is only just, and only at a high point, because it said in order to master your emotional body by the soul, you need a touch of the monad. So this whole period of time and this alignment is basically the solar logos giving um, the planetary logos a touch of you know, dark light from the monad or the galactic center in order to be able to use that and deeply um, master the emotional body once and for all. So that's the symbolic impact. That's what's coming in 2025. And that's what we're getting ready for. And, and what he's trying to do is equip us into aligning with that. So then the next step is that that process, of course, works it out, works itself out through all of the kingdoms of nature on earth, but specifically through humanity as the fourth kingdom. And humanity itself will have that division between those that are more aligned with the, what it calls the rebellious will of the planetary personality. So basically what that says is, I'm going to do it myself. So this is the, the, you know, the kind of scientific materialism. This is hyper-individualism. This is control of resources. This is the extreme um, decision that we are alone in the universe and we, we must look after ourselves through our own intelligence. So that's the basic culture that still controls the planet. And then you have another culture, which are people you know, called the new group of world servers that are in rebellion to the rebellion. So in other words, they're, they're bypassing the powers that be, that you know, the masses are now losing faith in their faith in their politicians and their business leaders and so on. So they're bypassing um, the powers of the planetary personality and going directly to the soul. The trouble with this is that the solar energies um, are more powerful than the planetary, but they take longer to manifest. You know, it's more easy to control things with fear and desire and money than it is to influence things with the soul. It takes longer. So, but, but the, the parts of the planet that are still bent on that, that control also at a deep level don't really want to do that. So, you know, his frame was this, that if you're aligned with the soul of the planet, you actually have tremendous resources at your disposal. You have the whole of the planetary hierarchy and Shambhala, you have galactic energies behind you. If you are aligned with that rebellious will of the planet, you only really have the, your divine free will. And that divine free will can focus more and more your attention, but you have to control more and more and you have to limit more and more in order to do that. So he's saying that, that that you know ongoing battle between the soul and personality of the planet is going to play itself out. But this particular group that he's addressing are those who align neither with this personality or the soul, but align with the monad. So they have to be at a certain level of development of their own soul and personality. They don't have to have fully fused them, but they have to be at around that second degree level or, or higher so that they are able to take a touch of the monad. So if you're able to do that, then you get out of the polarity. And most people could experience this polarity between the soul of the planet, those people who stand for the soul, they often don't have political power or economic power or the powers of the personality because they've focused their lives on the soul. And there are those people who have the personality power um, of influence and charisma and money and, pol and political influence and so on. And they often uh, have denied the soul just in order to be in that culture. But what he's suggesting is that monadic power will bring um, the capacity to have both, to have 
personal power and economic power through the direct transmission into the dark light of the body and the waking of the Kundalini, which brings material resources and soul power. So there's no longer then the need to be an exchange. So you don't need to be the soul seeking personalities to manifest your vision for you. And you don't need to be the personality looking after yourself. You actually have this revelation of the divine power of will that is aligned. And then he talks about the, 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 the value of alignment, that if you are in that process of personality rebellion where the piece of your soul that your personality represents is deciding to go its own way you have total free will to do whatever you want but you don't you can't replenish your resources from the divine bank if you are in alignment so if your personal will is aligned with your soul will with your monadic will which is aligned with the the planetary solar and galactic will now you have unlimited resources behind you that can pour through you it takes longer for them to uh manifest you know in the short term you're better off using the rebellious will of the personality but in the long term it's inevitable that they will manifest and basically the soul of humanity has already chosen that path and so now it's just a question of playing it out and what he's suggesting is that those people who align with the monadic energy and the dark light can support that process of that subtle energy coming in. Then he expresses that, that there's two ways that that energy comes in. One is more the masculine, which is the, um, the impact of the will, which is the alignment of the lesser self with the greater self. The lesser self basically bends the knee to the greater self and says, I surrender. And the greater self directs um, energy through the lesser self, which then takes the form of this electrical flow. The other way is the more feminine way, which is the bodies, the material sheaths of the personal self have subtle energy flowing through them from the higher self. So this is like, the prana of the sun flowing through the etheric body of the planet and the galactic chi, the dark light, the cosmic rays flowing through the heliosphere and then flowing through um, the etheric body. So your body can have more and more refined energy flowing through it. The same set of chakras that you have can have astral energy flowing through, it can have mental energy, it can have solar energy, it can have monadic energy, and then it can be stepped into cosmos in such a way that very subtle energies begin to flow through your own being. So that demonstration and revelation of divine power is partly done through the masculine process of alignment with the higher will, which demonstrates itself over time. It demonstrates its power over time. It can also transmit the feminine energy of the vibration of matter that your matter starts to vibrate with these very subtle energies which has an effect and it not only has effect on other beings it has an effect on the planet itself and draws to it that energy that's stored and buried in the planet which is um you know, planetary kundalini so this process that the whole being of earth is undergoing, which is a touch of the shambhalic impact, which is allowing some members of humanity to transmit that energy, draw on the deep resources in the planet, and then bring that up um, and demonstrate it both through economic abundance, through heart-centered leadership, and through alignment with the greater will. So now, you know, like your antenna is up into cosmos and cosmos is showing its power on the planet. So then that brings into the, you know, the really interesting subject in the, um, in the transmission, which is aliens, you know, like what are aliens? Where are they? You know, how do they affect us? Um, what is this whole thing? Which, which is interesting because I have my own, you know, um, ideas about that. And so the transmission had to work through my, my, my filter systems. But basically, you know, what he's saying is that, um, you know, if you're aligned with soul, then you have the planetary hierarchy behind you. And the soul of the world has said, look, 
um, for those people who ask for support, the support will be given. But for those that are like locked in the planetary personality, we're going to let them have the consequences of that choice because that's part of the process. We're, we're trusting humanity's will to align. Okay, so if you're aligned with the soul, you have the whole of hierarchy, but, and, and hierarchy is held in alignment with Shambhala. And that's necessary because the energies from the desire body of the planet wash through hierarchy. But he says that also, the more that the planetary being surrenders, the more open it becomes to um, rejoining its soul ashram. So the, the relationship for the individual would be, you know, that time when you were like transitioning out of personality to soul and your emotional body was really attached to your friends and, and your family and the people that you loved. And it felt like you had to leave them behind, but you were attached. And there's a whole tearing process where your emotional body has to choose your own soul rather than the, you know, established attached connections you have with others. So during that time, it can be a, a wrestling with the emotional body. And often, you know, part of that wrestling is addiction and also depression, you know, because things are changing, but you don't know where they're going. And in fact, you know, the emotional attachment has, has itself an addictive quality. Um, it, the, the, the healthy uh, response to that is connection. But there is a gap between all of the people you're emotionally connected with and your soul ashram, so your soul tribe. And most people have to cross that burning ground between one and the other through that kind of desolation of letting go of attachment and then finding more resonance with souls. And so therefore you find your soul tribe and family. Okay, so most of us know that journey. And then, you know, we're also on that journey of now trying to find our monadic family, like, you know, deeper than our soul family, what is, what is that deep resonance that just makes us fall through each other into, into the void? Okay, so he's saying the planet as a whole being is in that process. And so what the second degree is, is the releasing of that deep emotional attachment and addiction that is in the emotional body of humanity and the lifting it up in the connection with soul. And that soul is not just the planetary hierarchy, but it's the soul of the galaxy. And the soul of the galaxy has other civilizations in it, and it has other soul energy in it, which are um, part of what's available for Earth. But the, difficult, um, the difficulty of that is that most kind of alien contact forms into two kind of, you know, camps, either it's subtle level, you know, channeling. In other words, the Pleiadians are talking to me or whatever that's coming from the subtle realms, or it's materialized into like spaceships and little green men and, you know, Roswell and, you know, that, that there are beings with advanced technologies. Um, the problem with both those is they're like the personality and soul. So the personality is basically, yeah, let's get their good technology. They must be more advanced to us, but hold on. There's a problem because the speed of light means that, you know, they actually can't get here unless they can travel faster than the speed of light. And so it kind of gets broken down by the mind. Whereas the, the, you know, the inner transmission, you know, path tends to be broken down because it lacks potency. It's not demonstrated on the physical plane. And so therefore it's subjective and therefore it lacks, you know, the sense of like groundedness. But what he's saying is from the dark light perspective, from the perspective of the monad, you can see that those are just two sides of one reality. That the, the real, you know, transmission, the real connection with other civilizations and cosmos is, is happening mainly on transmental planes. And so if you're stuck in the 3D world, then you know, you're in prison, you're in confinement. And the planetary logos has basically confined all of us in quarantine in cosmos. And because we're confined in cosmos, we look out through endless time and space and see galaxies you know, disappearing and um, looking backwards in time you know, you know, to the beginning of the Big Bang. And 
and, and that feeling of being alone in the universe because there is no way out that way. There is no way to build a faster than light speed spaceship and transfer the, you know, the, the 30,000 light years to the center of the galaxy. So we're, we're stuck in this time space. The only exit is on the buddhic plane. So in other words, transmental. And, and then even deeper than that on the monadic plane. So these are actually planes of experience that we can have um, but that's also the point of entry. So that really what, you know, alien civilizations are is they are precipitations, like manifestations out of the subtle planes because earth has gone so deeply into matter and disconnected from the higher subtle levels that we, we, don't, we don't understand or have the science for the trans-dimensional manifestation of the subtle worlds into form. So, um, you know, once again, just like bypassing the powers that be to go to the, the soul of the planet, humans are also bypassing to go directly into connection with the soul of the galaxy, which includes other civilizations. And then he said that um, there's one particular civilization uh, on, in, in our system that has a direct dual relationship with earth. And he said, don't think that just because a civilization is, you know, um, is contacting earth that they have necessarily been all the way through the same evolution that earth's been through. Earth has been very deeply in matter and, and we're stuck in matter. You know, that's part of the, 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 um, the process of awakening the planetary soul. But this civilization is basically done most of its development on the subtle planes. And that they have as, as much difficulty manifesting as we have unmanifesting. And so, you know, partly what happens with, with you know, our, our response to aliens is that we either think that they are so far advanced of us, they must be if they can bring their ships across, you know, galactic space that they could dominate the hell out of us because they had this superior technology. Or we simply project our unresolved issues um, uh, and our hostility onto alien light forms. And so that's a really, it's really valuable that, you know, Earth quarantines itself and, and can't infect cosmos with those patterns because we're still in the, the manifest world. So he's basically saying, look, there are no bad aliens. Like, don't worry. There are no, there are no like lizard people or bad aliens that are like trying to dominate Earth culture. You know, that's all going on inside Earth's personality. That's all going on inside the, the, the like the projection screen of where Earth civilization is. It's not actually what's going on in cosmos because in order to get to the subtle planes, in order to be able to be on the buddhic plane, you have to form part of the ashrams of um, the galaxy. You have to form part of the solar ashrams and ashrams of the galaxy. And you can't form part of those solar ashrams when you are still in that, you know, hostile, um, independent, um, rebellious, you know, consciousness. So that's, that's the first step is to like, to recognize that anything that is like coming from the buddhic plane or higher has reached a level of, of, um, loving consciousness that's part of the ashram of a greater, of greater civilizational life. So that can be trusted, but don't automatically assume the fact that it can uh, manifest because it's as difficult for those civilizations to bring their energies into the very dense energies of mind and emotion and etheric body as it is for us to transmit our energies into the higher dimensions. And so in the same way that I said that the externalization of the hierarchy, which is the name for the planetary soul manifesting itself. So in other words, these are the ascended masters and the bodhisattvas and the beings that have already been through earth evolution and have their center of gravity on the subtle planes. Part of the externalization process is them um, reemerging as part of the planetary soul. And it said that there's three major ways that they can reemerge. One is through impression of humanity. So in other words, human beings who are in touch with their own souls and um, can 
directly align with the planetary soul and they can come under impression and guidance and creativity and so on, like this process. The other way, there's, there's two other ways. One is that they um, take incarnation, which means that um, you've got to find a set of like really conscious parents who are aligned with the subtle worlds and, you know, consciously giving, you know, bring, bringing in a birth. And even then it's, you know, a, a great sacrifice to take human birth if you are already at, you know, fourth, fifth, sixth degree initiation, because the degree of sensitivity you have compared with the suffering of what actually goes on in the 3D world of earth is great. So, you know, they can take incarnation and increasing will do so as we work through this whole, you know, process of conscious parenting and so on. But there is a third way that they can manifest and that is the, the clothing of the, their subtle bodies in matter of um, the lower dimensions. So because they are in their rainbow body or their buddhic body, they can create mental and astral and etheric matter in order to interact in the 3D world. So in the esoteric traditions, this is called Amaya Varupa in the Indian traditions, which is, you know, a body made of will, a body made of um, the desire to appear and to connect and um, make yourself manifest. So that Maya Varupa is a way that sometimes people um, have phenomena. So in other words, is one way is the internal way of actually having connection in alignment in your inner world. But then a lot of people, I know in my life, I've had a couple of, of major incidences, one with a ball of plasma, like a, you know, a, a blue ball of plasma that like appeared in the middle of a meditation room, you know, you know, 30 years ago and slammed straight into my third eye and sent me in a huge arc. My body was electrified for days afterwards. That was a phenomena, you know, so it was like something from the subtle worlds has dropped into the mental, astral or etheric worlds and is able to affect you. So what he's suggesting is that, you know, the, the so-called aliens, which are just basically part of the soul of, you know, the, the, the galaxy, that they also have those three forms or ways of connection. You know, one is through impression, through the inner um, downloading of consciousness, you know, to those who are, you know, willing and open to that. And again, there's a, it's a consensual process. It's not a like, you know, alien abduction. However, the abduction um, is a kind of, you know, an inner experience. Like many people have that kind of experience of being taken up into a spaceship or whatever. That is uh, the, the energetic uplift into these higher dimensions, which we interpret, you know, through our 3D lens. The second way is um, that they are increasingly able and learning how to manifest, which means um, plasma, light, um, it can mean, you know, I guess we see them the way we expect to see them, which is part of it, you know, because it's an interaction between beings and us. Um, so they can manifest in form and they can definitely manifest in the etheric and, you know, I guess the erotic world, because these are subtle planes of manifestation. And then the third way is that um, in a very rare instance, he says they can actually take human form so they can incarnate. So that's the idea of that they are amongst us, you know, in other words, that, you know, the sacrifice really of um, these civilizations building a bridge with humanity, you know, I guess it's the opposite of, you know, humans going out under the night sky saying, look, I'm done with humanity, abduct me and um, take me up in your spaceship to another place. I'm, I'll be willing to be one of those bridges between humanity and the other worlds. So in the same way that there are beings that do take, human incarnation as a way of bridging, creating a living bridge between these cultures that really are going to flow into each other as part of the, the coming um, evolution of the planet on Earth. So whatever you think about aliens and uh, that process, 
it's uh, it's it's said to be part of what what's called the great revelation and the great revelation is far greater than aliens because in a way we are aliens we're all we're all have cosmic origin you know the aliens already came and we were them you know we all have cosmic origin as well as biological origin on earth but it's the revelation of what actually a being of a planet actually is that this being of a planet on so many different levels that's situated in a heliosphere and in a living galaxy and a living universe is a cosmic being that is, you know, wiring itself up for revelation. And when that revelation comes, he says that it will be far greater than, you know, the revelations that we can existingly see in, in history is like, look at Egypt. All of a sudden, you know, there was basically a bunch of subsistence farmers and then bam, the pyramids, like it just came out of nowhere. Same with Sumeria. And there are lots of times in history where civilization has just appeared fully fledged. And he's saying basically that's, that's not even close to what's coming. In other words, the, 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 the gap between who we think we are now scraping around on the earth to, you know, um, uh, create, create UNs and, you know, try to um, have economic reform and so on, all of that compared with what will happen when our eyes open. You know, in other words, when we, when we have the revelation of who we really are and what human beings are within a cosmic framework and what the earth is within a cosmic framework, that will like, you know, like change the game in, in a radical way. So this, of course, is going to happen in a gradual process, one being in person and, you know, culture at a time, but rapid from a cosmic perspective, like a, like a very um, a rapid time-space evolution um, from cosmic time. So this idea then that um, the way we do alignment and the, the energy of the soul that is able to manifest on earth and the energies that are available now. So it's suggesting, you know, like if, if you are awake as a soul, realize that you have not only the, the hierarchy behind you and Shambhala, uh, but that's that whole thing of hierarchy, Shambhala and humanity is only the cosmic physical plane of seven planes, which is only the, the lowest plane of another seven planes. So realize just how much depth there is and how much support there is behind it, you know, human evolution. If it lines itself back up, if it gives up that rebellious process of independent free will and lines itself back up with cosmic sources, there is a truckload of energy. So he said like, try to open your hearts and have compassion for the beings on the planet that are going to play the role of holding to the old civilization no matter what okay because they don't have that behind them what they have is the short-term power and control of a civilization that is slowly you know passing away so even though their personalities may be still in control there's a part of their soul that is suffering deeply and inflicting that suffering around them of course but underneath all of that, they long to surrender back to love and individual when the big game ends. So this idea of, you know, the, the, the Black Lodge or the materialistic forces and the white forces and so on, it's a big game of duality. And some people are wearing the black hats and some people are wearing the white. It's about an alignment between the planetary will and the solar will. And that alignment can only take place if you step out of that battle and focus from the monadic point of view. So from the center of the galaxy, the battle between the sun and the moon or the, the, the alignment between the sun and the earth is a very small thing. While you're on the planet as a human being caught up in the culture of it, it looks like a very big thing. So he's saying that humans, all, that, all you really have to do is align if enough human beings align with those cosmic forces and are allowed to bring in both the electrical power of the will, which is the, the shambolic impact, which aligns the will of the planet with the, the higher, greater wills, but not only that, the subtle energies that come in from those higher planes, they all use the lower planes as their vehicle. And you have an opportunity to let them in. So 
the what he calls the ring pass knot of the planet is basically every human being has a right to create boundaries on their auric field. Okay, you know, we do a lot of work with this in, in boundaries, learning how to, to close your emotional body and your etheric body and your mental body so that you decide what you think and what you feel and who you have sex with and, you know, what kind of food you eat. Like, that, that's, the, that's your ring pass knot. Every human being has one. And you need to develop a ring pass knot. That's healthy personal, personal development. But that ring pass knot is like the, like the cell membrane. And the cell membrane can keep everything out or it can be permeable and open. And so what Earth has done has kept everything out, kept as much of it out as possible so that it could set up its own kingdom. And now what human beings can do is they can open holes in that ring pass knot through their own direct alignment because every cell in the body also has free will. So you can use your free will in alignment with the planetary will or in alignment with the soul or in alignment with the, the sun or alignment with the galaxy. You can choose where your antenna is pointed and what you choose to be. You know, you can be an expression of the planetary personality. You can be a sun god on earth. You may, in other words, you can be an expression of the solar force on earth. Or you can be an extension of the center of the galaxy on earth and so on and so forth. Or you can be a transmitting point for alien civilizations on the earth. You get to choose wherever you want to put your alignment. And that choice is your free will. And as human beings exercise their free will and start to do that in group formation, then they can have enormous and rapid and radical effects upon the planet, which is kind of what we're you know, aiming for in the solstice. He said one other thing you know, that I thought was really interesting, which was that, the, that all, is, all is fine. Using your will to rebel is just a learning opportunity in cosmos. You know? like, there's no like, morally good or bad choices. They're just choices that have consequences. And he said the consequence of using your will to create a very strong ring, ring past knot, which our planetary logos has done, which has meant deep incarnation for Earth and deep materialism. The consequences of that are, you know, um, that you get to focus your energy strongly in a certain area. It's a bit like, you know, you tune out every other radio frequency except just one. You're using awareness like a laser. And because our planetary logos has put its awareness so fully on the physical plane and matter, that's had some consequences. One of them is that it's made Earth incredibly creative and fertile. Because that energy is pouring into the physical plane, it has produced this abundant fertility of life on the planet, which is very different from other planets and other um, places in cosmos. That fertility and creativity is energy. And he gave another, you know, um, conversation about kundalini like last week it was about the kundalini of time this week he was saying that what kundalini really is is it's um part the part of the monad that has coiled itself up in matter okay so the part of the monad that splits on the atmic plane leaves half of itself as the will of the soul and the other half goes down and becomes the serpent power in matter so that serpent power and matter, that kundalini, is never going to respond to the personality because the personality is not strong enough, or is, nor is it going to respond to the soul unless the soul is in touch with the monad. It will, only, it will only activate, that black dragon energy will only activate with monadic touch because it is already part of the monad. So it's just a part of the monad that went down deeply into matter. And just as... Um, the kundalini is the part of the monadic spirit that's coiled in matter, then beings like our planetary logos that have come so deeply into matter form a kind of kundalini of a greater system. So as human beings lift their awareness off the 3D world, we are having major effect upon the life, the civilizations in our system. 
and in the galaxy. So in other words, it's not just that they have something to offer us by helping our consciousness reawaken and remember and align with galactic consciousness. We have something to offer them because we've developed a power in matter, the Kundalini power matter, which when it rises through us, when it rises through the earth, it, it both vitalizes these other civilization and empowers them in order to manifest. So back to the aliens for a minute. Um, if, if, if you take this idea that, that there are civilizations trying to connect with us, but are having trouble manifesting, just like we're having trouble ascending or like, you know, lifting our awareness beyond the mind, then we can help them. And specifically the way you help them is by channeling earth energies to them because those energy, those earth energies allow for manifestation. They help them precipitate out of the subtle worlds into the mental, emotional, and etheric. So you've got to be really, you know, trusting and friendly with them to want to play that game of allowing not just those energies to come in and support your soul energies landing, but allow your own energies, you know, some of the earth energies that you activate, the abundance that comes through really deeply connecting to the core of the earth, that that energy can flow through humans and help these civilizations that are on the transmental levels drop more deeply into form so that we can have a deeper relationship. So, um, you know, I wonder who they are amongst us, you know, I vote Dane or maybe or, but I think that, you know, this, this idea that there are, that there are, you know, connections between civilizations and consciousness that um, are, are happening behind the scenes and revealing themselves and will reveal themselves more fully over the, the decade to come does make a lot of sense to me. So, um, yeah, I guess the last thing is about the, the alignment process. The, like I said, the whole reason all of this has been given is to sensitize souls within humanity to be able to work with the dark light and therefore to be able to be transmitting agents for that energy as it comes in and and to be able to to transmit that two ways one through the will but the other is directly through awakening these deep energies in matter and allowing those energies to vibrate and the consequences of that is an expansion of soul or consciousness and part of that expansion of consciousness is awakening intelligently to the planetary soul. So there are a lot of people connecting in very different ways with soul energy and with alien civilizations in a way that, you know, um, often has a lot of conspiracy theory in it and has a lot of, you know, um, new age. So how do we intelligently and scientifically in the best of science, not you know scientific materialism, but the best of sciences that we experiment, we get data, we form hypotheses, we go back to the experiment, we confirm that experiment with others. So how do intelligent awake souls on the planet begin to deepen their alignment and integration with consciousness that is not um, uh, earth-based, but that is supportive of Earth's evolution. So um, I thought that might be a subject that uh, would be interesting to some of you, um, or stimulating at least um, of debate. So I thought we might open now and have a conversation about that and yeah, just see what kind of perspectives and experiences are in this group. I would like to share if that's okay. Sure. This is blowing my mind. I'm sure it is for others. Um, I've been meditating on the galactic core. Obviously I was TT3 and uh, just three, four days ago, aligning to Jupiter, um, Saturn, the Sagittarius full moon, obviously the galactic core is behind that. And um, Jupiter, there's been some wild alignments at the moment, which is just lighting me up. And I dropped in with my uh, group and uh, wow, I just was like, the energies were so strong. And I, I could just feel the chakras. It was like 100, 200, 300. When it was going up, it stabilized it like around about a thousand and it went to the 
this is going to sound like I'm emotionally protracting, but it went to 1111th chakra. And inside of it, there's a temple. It's a sacred temple of divinity that humanity doesn't know. And I anchored there for a moment. It was flashing in and out. I got glimpses of different things. Um, and this is outside of time and space. And then above that, this is what's blowing me away with what you said, Bruce. I went, just like you go to the golden ball and then you visualize the diamond and you go up to a hierarchy and ask for support, which is such a small map, which is, this is why it's blowing my mind. From that temple, I went up, I went, wait up, what's going up? And then there was this blue spaceship anchored above this. It was like literally a blue spaceship. And I was like, so I stabilized that. And I remember saying to the group, it's like the golden ball is just so cute in comparison to this. And I could feel it wanted to, exactly what you said, just beam me, like beam me up. And what I realized is I do that unconsciously a lot of the time. But I was like, no, I want this down on earth. I don't want to go anywhere. You know, I'm trying to, I'm trying to be here on this fucking planet. Like stop taking me up. And so I anchored that energy down. And one of the things that I did, what I, I, I've always known that 1111, why people have this emotional fantasy over the number is because beyond it, I see it as the sacred temple numbers. One, 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 one. It's the pillars of the temple. It's divine times and many different cultures to practice meditation at those times, etc. And okay, Ryan, so land, the plane, land the plane, Ryan. Land the oh, plane. Oh, yeah, land the plane. I was just able to anchor um, something for humanity on those times when people on the 3D plane see 1111. And, and I just want to, I'm just blown away, you know, by, by that. And uh, obviously when you contact those energies, you're, it's hard to, to land because your, your body mind gets exploded and you're trying to reintegrate that. And the, you know, and that's, I've been doing that all the time. So I'll be doing it like lots. So uh, that's uh, yeah, I'm just blown away, but I get on here and then you're sharing all this and I'm like, I feel fear to share and, and like, I'm either going to be admired or judged and all of that is okay. So yeah. <laughs> I get it. I'm in that as well. You know, like, I guess we're all going to be bringing out, you know, different experiences, our subjective experiences. But my resistance to this transmission, you know, was I remember being in Damanhur in, in Italy. And uh, there were a whole lot of people with like foil hats on, um, you know, and sitting out in the rain doing transmission. And I thought I will never be that, you know, so <laughs> somehow, somehow uh, uh, these these worlds are opening and I guess you know how we ground them and make them practical um, and demonstrate them in our lives becomes an important thing okay who else has got experiences or comments I'd like to share um, I don't have experiences but when I heard you speaking it's like something just really opened up with me in me with a full yes like there's so much here there's so like there's so much to share if somebody needs it or wants it for crying out loud, like, you know, like, wow. And then the being in this sacred reciprocity of exchange of also like, and because it's also reflecting my journey of like feeling so immersed in matter and now understanding that I'm a third grade monad most likely. And so it's like, yeah, okay, that's been my journey, but it's like, I've dreamed of being able to, you know, to be more light and, and, and less matter identified all my life. And actually I'm getting it now through matter, but that exchange of, Hey, we've got something that we've so much developed. You've got something that's so much developed and, and this becoming one or, or becoming like a greater whole that I'll hold this, you hold that. And we can then exchange. And it's just like, whoa. Like, I want to do this all the time now. Like, this is where I want to live. <laughs> this is amazing. So maybe you want to be one of the volunteers that bridges between the kingdoms. Yeah, because I'm like, I've got no, I, I mean, like, it's only when you said like, yeah, I don't know how trusting you want to be. I was like, should there be fear? Should I not trust? Is there something I, I missed? Am I being naive? Am I being, you know? And then I was like, no, wait, that's, that's not mine. And that's okay. And if it comes, it'll come in the experience. But for right now, my initial was, why aren't we doing this period? Like this is the path, duh, yeah. like duh. I remember they, I, um, an experience I had in my in my early twenties, you know, out at Piha where Alicia is now, and and I think there were some, you know, mild drugs used or whatever, and there were like four of us, and someone saw a light that they saw a spaceship was coming, and 
the girl I was with went, you know, racing indoors and then came out and I said, like, where did you go? And she said, I just put some lippy on, <laughs> you know, and I thought, I thought, so, you know, there's an assumption there that the aliens will like, you know, appreciate what lipstick is. And, uh, but there is this whole thing that happens inside everybody, you know, when the subject comes up, you know, from, from irrational reactions to, um, you know, take me to, uh, you know, so I feel like it's just a good subject to um, to open. Who else has a view on it? Bruce, I would like to know when uh, alien incarnate in human form, do you as, uh, think they will be aware from where they have come and what's their mission, so to say, or they will have to go through a lot of trauma and hardship and being different <coughs> and not knowing how to deal with that, what you expect with that? Yeah, I think it's kind of the same as, you know, incarnating as a soul is that, you know, some people stay aware from the beginning, pretty much other people fall asleep and then have to go through in a horrendous awakening process. So I guess it depends upon, you know, uh, the stage of evolution of the alien and depends upon also how difficult it is to adjust. Like, I, I definitely do know some people that I've encountered who feel like they're then they're, they haven't incarnated on earth much before, you know, like I feel like I've incarnated long, long series of lives on this planet. I know it well, but I, I do feel like some people actually are, are, you know, fresh, fresh to earth. So maybe they have their own challenges. I'm sure there are, I'm sure there are people like that you can find and talk to. Olivia. Uh, I'd love to share. Uh, in in regards to um, the galactic evolution and its uh, future wedding with Andromeda, uh, all this um, cooperation and uh, all that Earth experience can offer to other galactic evolutions, I feel, is wonderful in the in the sense that uh, some billion years uh, from now, uh, the, the, this uh, wedding will result in an elliptic galaxy. Uh, which will have as the densest plane, uh, the plasma. And so I feel uh, our Logos is one <laughs> who has taken the risk to, to go deep down in matter, to get a drill and to, to pull out uh, some lives uh, stuck in matter. That will, uh, and it's a tremendous move out of um, inclusion and uh, kind of galactic bodhicitta. And I feel the outcome and the spreading of this in galaxy as, as a tremendous uh, matching with the future uh, galactic evolution. And also uh, a, a deep experience um, uh, close to my heart uh, is I feel like when we are looking towards uh, and other evolutions uh, and if we feel like having them with us, uh, we will be asked and uh, there will be a kind of question but really understandable from the really awake and uh, almost normal point of view. And uh, if we do, I don't think it's, uh, it's an easy um, task for them and uh, with all the miscarriage and, uh, but conscious parenting and, and this is, is a tremendous and very deep. And I think uh, a more and more to come a thing to, to reconnect us with them. Thank you. Okay, guys. Um, so yeah, I've had some experiences with some what I call rainbow beings recently. Um, I also want to just mention the importance of sharing um, all of these experiences with, with, with groups and getting into the details of, of your experiences because what it does, it allows other people to put dots together. And I guess like, you know, even hearing from uh, Rin and, and also Bruce, there's some details of, of my experiences, which were, were very sort of relating and um, some of the things that sort of came through, I'll just put a few words down, were <clears throat> the consent piece, you know, and, and there's really a, a consent piece and also uh, the setting boundaries. Um, for me, there was um, a declaration that had to take place, uh, like an in invocation or an invitation. Um, and I can talk about the form that they came in. There was, there were, there were energy beings. And, and for me, it was uh, to navigate, to find these beings or, or, or the good or the ones that perceived to be benevolent were uh, by following a rainbow. The rainbow trail for me was what led me there. And actually the most powerful part in keeping a connection was gratitude actually. And, and really 
having that center of gratitude. And, and the more that I was in gratitude, the, the stronger the connection and transmission was. Um, actually, the, you know, the whole process ended. And when I was at a state where we, we, we felt really comfortable, um, I asked um, for support and I really felt a, a, a good connection and actually an injection uh, came into my, into my third eye and it was like a colored liquid that went into my brain. And I felt really like that was a, a, a download that I received and that was a, the form um, that that came in. Um, yeah, that was most of it. Yeah, but I just found it interesting that, you know, the, the processes of, of maybe the declaration the, the, the setting the boundaries and then the permissions. And um, yeah, so that was my little. Yeah. <clears throat> Thank you, Shane. That's, that's very useful. And, and I think in the same way that we would do shamanic ritual, um, if we were doing sexual work, then working with ritual and intention and clear boundaries is really important. And I also want to speak into the vulnerability of sharing subjective experiences like this, particularly when they do have um, deep, love and heart expansion with them and we have to bring them out in the face of um you know other people's judgments or uh so i feel like that's part of growing a deeper intimacy as a group field is being willing to share not just these experiences you know perhaps with other civilizations but your, your deep inner soul experiences um because unless you do that then they remain in inside your temple and so we don't build the bridges between each other. I wanted to add that, like, for me, it would seem like maybe part of my hell yes is that, like, hey, if there's only one of us here, that's just me that I haven't reclaimed, that I haven't identified with, that I don't recognize. And that's just from their perspective, that's just them like like this just seems from a monadic perspective like a, a very um direct way to apply monadic relating i mean it, beyond human form of that if there's just one of us here this is just me yeah i mean if we're if we're really in the monad, then we are one with animals and insects and um, uh, the ocean. And so why not with any other life that is in cosmos? Okay, I'll go for it. Um, I recently was thinking, cause like this whole alien thing, I was always so close to it. And recently I was like, show me yourself. and. We're growing mushrooms here. <laughs> like, here you are. <laughs> like, do they, you know, like I feel there's some plants in the world. It just blew my mind that the fact that these benevolent beings may not just come in what we feel is mm. human form, but cloaked in plants, you know, with their deep mysteries. And and as you were sharing, I just thought of the lotus, which is so dear to me, because I feel it's like dense in matter, but the reminder of how the density in matter also opens up to the exquisite causal body and beyond that, which is what the what this flower represents. And the more I connect with the lotus, the more I feel it's just, it's total. It's got all these layers and planes inside this flower. And yeah, I just feel connected to, I felt like I wanted to share that around plants and what they, yeah. yeah it makes total sense in a way because it, in, in the esoteric traditions would say that of all of the kingdoms on the planet, the vegetable kingdom is the most evolved. Um, and so, you know, if we're all aliens, they're the, they're the most evolved aliens amongst the kingdoms, you know? So I guess that's part of all the plant medicine work that, that everybody's doing. <sighs> what else? Can I ask a quick question? Um, I have a question. How do we align? How do you align? I would love to have more details and more particular details as in, do I direct my attention? Do I direct my intention? Do I make particular gestures uh, and just some plants and like, yeah, that's what I'm curious about. And that's the kind of data I would really love to collect from the field. 
Sure. Well, one of the things that he was saying in the transmission is that there's the masculine and feminine approach. You know, the masculine approach is basically, you know, sending up your antenna, which is um, an alignment of your will, you know. So first of all, you have to develop the will. You have to develop your capacity to direct your awareness where, where you want to. And then when you direct that awareness um, along certain lines, so in Cosmos, for example, the plane of the earth is tilted to the sun and the sun is tilted to the galactic center. So every time you expand your awareness, you have to change your alignment. So, you know, what he was suggesting is study those charts and those planes and get a clear view of the different levels of being and then send your alignment and your will so that you can like form a, uh, like a channel for that energy to flow through. So that's the masculine will alignment that's got to do with awareness and energy. And the feminine has got much more to do with the vibration of the matter in your bodies. So your alignment of your will can go to higher planes, but the matter of your bodies, if you raise the vibration of it and lift it, then the matter of your bodies becomes a vehicle for higher vibrational energy to come into the bodies, which then affects your consciousness. So everybody has had that experience. If you sit in meditation, all of a sudden, you feel like your emotional body is swept with an experience of love or that you're creating ritual and vibrating your body intentionally and calling in energies to create shifts in one or other of your sheaths. And if you can do that sustainably, then that affects consciousness in the same way that aligning your will does. So embodiment rituals and, you know, many kinds, everything from plant medicine to dancing and shaking and Kundalini work and erotic um, to the alignment of the will, which is much more about the meditation and intention and setting your, your um, direction. Okay, what else? Hey brother, it's John. Hey John. Hey bro, I'm just here with uh, Leander, so he may take me away in a minute. Um, a Is question. He I I wonder. Mm. <laughs> I wonder. Um, yeah, a question I had was, in the past, transmissions have talked about this other civilization that it's our kind of destiny to come into contact with. And a question I have is like, was there anything given in this transmission about the source of that civilization? So it's been, I think you said something before, like we shouldn't, we shouldn't expect that in our local neighborhood. You know, right. that, that it, it will be one of the seven solar systems of which ours is one or, or something, uh, one that is connected to our ashramic, our ashram as far as our solar system is concerned. And yeah. in, the, in the black hole transmissions recently, it seemed important to orient to particular points in space. And whilst these civilizations or this civilization in question is um, not operating, hasn't its evolution has not been primarily through the physical. I wondered if there is a if there was a source that was pointed to it. Yeah. No, in fact, you know, it, it was very much a it was like it was very much opening that same door that was there in occult cosmology that talked about the role of Earth in future civilizations and connections. Um, so I felt like more was revealed upon the, about that. But um, yeah, not specifically in terms of its origin. And I also found my I found myself as a being like, you know, reluctant to probe into that. I think like I have to do my own work here in order to uh, open that door and be more receptive to it because I can feel like the transmission was was meeting my own resistance. Um, of course, in the esoteric teachings, you know, Vulcan and Pluto are talked about having a close relationship with Earth within our solar system. But I I I agree. I think this civilization is not going to be limited by a time space geography connection with us. Um, have a question. Um... Like, I remember it was said that, that there is a civilization living under the Earth's crust. And uh, as I remember, Hitler contacted it to get more power. He was rejected at Shambhala, but accepted there. Um, like, or it's the other kingdom of nature. How does it 
fit in all this? Like, is this an alien civilization? Is this like um, our ancestors? Or and uh, they also kind of give power, like, and Hitler got power from there. Um, so how does it fit here? Mm. Well, you know, um, it's said that really the full activation of Earth's Kundalini is not for this time. We may have a, you know, a burst while the Shambhala impact comes through and there's a change in civilization. But he talks about in this transmission is, is the mystery between the relationship between the planetary logos, Sana Kumara, and the planetary spirit. And what the planetary spirit is, is basically that energy coiled up inside matter that's still involutionary. And it's not really supposed to awaken until the next solar system, but, but people at a certain level of development have to work with that energy. So um, it's a gata. So Shambhala is basically the, the other side of the monadic energy. Remember I said mon the monad, splits itself into two on the epic plane one half goes down and becomes the kundalini and matter <clears throat> and the other half um becomes the will of the soul so you could say that agatha and the energies of the earth crossed and all of these stories about the hollow earth and the vril and all of those things that's actually a form of earth kundalini and uh we are able to access that energy to the to the degree that it's useful in our own soul evolution. And of course, what we're trying to do with the solstice fires is create enough people able to connect with monadic energy and therefore with planetary Kundalini to a certain degree and help lift that energy as a fast way of adding, um, you know, that, that particular dose of energy to the planetary change. And, you know, you, the impression that I get is one small piece of working directly with that energy is worth a lot of trying to raise consciousness because it, it raises, raises consciousness as a byproduct. Thanks for the question. Okay, well, maybe is it, you know, I expect to see people up on the Haydn roof now, you know, with their lasers into the sky calling down the ships. And uh, I am interested in, in this ongoing process. I mean, one of the things that is talked about in these transmissions is that they're actually a transmission from a group, you know, the planetary hierarchy to a group. So that, and they're given basically because there is need, there is need to orient our awareness and our consciousness to, to be part of this great adventure that the planet's on. So, you know, what's happening, uh, you know, we're not, we're not just passive receivers, actually, we're active participants in the process. And what's moving in us is resonant with um, each other. And we need to form links and connections with each other that generate deeper intimacy in order to open more deeply. So, <clears throat> yeah, the encouragement is to experiment yourself and particularly experiment with this time, this Wednesday, because as the transmissions come through about 10 o'clock New Zealand time uh, uh, on a Wednesday, then if you want to spend some time in meditation and see what actually is coming in directly for you, then we'll build a rich group field um, of interconnection and experience. All right. Well, that's it for this week. Lovely to, to see you all. And uh, yeah, and I'm sure for me, anyway, this transmission is going to provoke a lot of thought for my week ahead. Much love.